Bite Size Insights with Kantar Australia. Hi listeners, uh, Jared Payne, Consulting Director of Kant Analytics here. Welcome to the next episode of Bite Size Insights. Um, so today I've got John Cooker with me, who's the Business Intelligence Director for Kant Analytics here in Australia. Hi everyone. And, and we're going to be talking uh, all things analytics, data and fun stuff like that. So um, yeah, John, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I wanted to really start with a nice big broad question for you. What do you think is the, the state of data management and, and data analytics in Australia right now? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. It's, it's obviously highly varied. Uh, there are some businesses that are uh, a bit further down the path than others. Uh, but I, I, I think they're all facing similar challenges, uh, which is that uh, historically we've collected a lot of data over time. Uh, every business has had multiple facilities for storing and saving data for later that they might need, that they might use, and are now kind of reaching that time where they're thinking, yeah, we, we should use that and we should try to gain insights from that. Um, and, and they're all at a different state of play with that challenge. Uh, some have begun that sort of data harmonization where they're bringing them together and getting them to talk to each other. Uh, others are struggling to make that first step. Mm. Yeah, it, it does feel like harmonization is that it, 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 like there's a whole bunch of places that are really on the edges of, of getting into that space. And I mean, what, what do you think is the big opportunity that that really opens up potentially for them? Uh, well, well, the, the real opportunity, I, I, I think if we were to ask the businesses, the opportunity is to save money doing their own insights. Uh, using the data that they have to actually learn uh, as much as they can without paying for, for primary data collection. Um, and, but I think if you spoke to the insights people, uh, they would actually want to take that to the next level, which is to say, how can we combine those learnings with the learnings we've been getting from primary research uh, and other uh, you know, secondary sources that we've been using over time? Uh, so it's really about uh, taking those insights up a level uh, every time you learn something new. Uh, bringing the learnings together uh, and starting to uh, make more informed decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because how many people have said, oh, we, we don't need more data. That's not what this is about. No. Right? <laughs> no. We have more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, I like the, uh, the adage of uh, it's not about big data, it's actually about small data. It's about those small insights you get from the data uh, because the data on its own, uh, you know, the, the idea of big data is a, a bit ludicrous. Uh, we've had big data for you know, 20, 30, 40 years, the, the petabytes of data that are out there. There's no shortage of data. Uh, what there is is a, a shortage of learning from it, uh, a shortage of, of making smart decisions that have been informed by that data. If you could give one like, top tip for CMOs, data professionals, insights heads in Australia right now to, to start on that journey, what's the one top thing that you would tell them to start with? I, I think the biggest challenge they have is having a data-centric culture. Uh, I think the, the challenge there is uh, getting the momentum of the organization behind believing in uh, data-driven decision-making. Uh, what, what tends to happen is that there's a lot of excitement for it initially, like, oh yeah, we've got all this data, uh, we really should be able to learn from it. And then when you're confronted with the hard yards of, of getting the, the data integrated, uh, harmonized, as we were saying earlier, to, to uh, really be able to start doing analytics off the back of it, uh, it, it can freeze up the organization. And, and there can be a tendency to fall back on, uh, let's call it the, the more instinctive decision making, uh, where, where a lot of experienced marketers who know a lot, or even inexperienced marketers who are uh, you know, feeling uh, overwhelmed, will fall back on uh, what they think they know. 
And, and in fairness, you know, with a lot of experienced people out there, they know a lot. Uh, it's not about questioning those instincts, but it's actually about uh, refining those instincts, helping them make better decisions off the back of it, uh, helping them have the evidence uh, to support some of their instinctive decisions so that when it gets pushed out to the organization, there is the support for what they're saying. Uh, but importantly, with a data-centric culture, uh, what they actually have then is a room full of people who understand that when the data is there to support it, that's kind of the end of the argument. That's the point at which they can all get behind those decisions and move forward. And that's actually how you get the most value from your data. Because if it's not ultimately implemented, uh, it's all kind of a wasted exercise. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the other interesting thing when you have all the data harmonized and in one place and when we get to this utopian vision is um, the opportunity that opens up for for new ways of looking at that and, and I think the big sexy topics that everyone's talking about is is artificial intelligence and machine learning um, what do you what do you see that role for that in the next to say five years yeah that's that's a great question I, I I think within Kantar we've been very fortunate to have so many uh, diverse businesses around the world uh, trying different things in that space and, and trying to apply uh, more automation, uh, more machine learning algorithms uh, to get more out of the data with less human intervention. Uh, obviously, the, the challenge is to get quality insights off of the back of that, uh, and there still requires uh, you know, some, some human uh, thought to review that and, and to, of course, refine those processes moving forward. Uh, but we're, we're actually very fortunate that we've been able to uh, start building in uh, automated uh, systems, um, you know, machine learning, artificial intelligence, uh, a lot of names for, for some very uh, similar applications. Uh, but but uh, from as diverse applications as uh, uh, the, the data harmonization step. When, when we're running a market and mix model, for example, uh, we've actually written software that can look at the data files we've been given and evaluate them for their content and be able to kind of do that pre-screen, pre-build of the database uh, with less human intervention. It, it streamlined our, our efforts uh, 10 times uh, to, to be able to operate faster uh, to the point where we've got the data together and we can start modeling it uh, directly off the back. Um, we've also been uh, uh, doing uh, artificial intelligence uh, for uh, interpreting images. Uh, so we can actually take uh, uh, image data, uh, say uh, product images uh, from websites, uh, combine that with the comments and start to uh, actually uh, evaluate the qualities of the products in the images on the basis of what people are saying about it. And on that basis, we can actually then uh, put that together with things like product reviews and product evaluations and identify what are the things that people say commonly about the strongest products in this category. Uh, so there's so many diverse applications, uh, and I'm sure we're just scratching the surface. As we get access to more data, uh, as we start to put it together in new ways, as we start getting asked harder questions, uh, that's a, a great opportunity to, to build the systems to do all of that. Yeah, yeah. I, and it changes the, the, the staff profile that we need as well in some ways. I'm seeing this from an internal perspective is, you know, what, you, what would you tell people coming into market research now in this, this real pivot point in the way that things work? Wow. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a great question. We're we're obviously you know recruiting as we grow the the, the team. I, I think the the historical strengths of the industry around uh, uh, data literacy and um, uh, insights uh, interpretation that the, that the data is not the end point. The data is actually the start point and how you interpret it and how you use it. All of those things are still true. Uh, but I think what's what's starting to change is. Um, uh, 
at the technical end, uh, we need people who are uh, more familiar, uh, stronger with uh, a wider range of programming languages, a wider range of, uh, of, of applications of those things, uh, a familiarity with uh, things like working with you know, cloud data, cloud servers, uh, a, a comfort level working with proxy data, uh, a comfort level working with data extractions as opposed to holistic databases. Um, but then at the other end, uh, we also need people who are uh, comfortable taking that uh, activation of the insights further. Uh, the same way we were saying earlier about the, the data centricity problem at our clients, we can actually support that uh, with people who are comfortable with using the data and comfortable translating into the, that into a way uh, that makes activation easier uh, for our clients. And in that way, uh, we can help them along that data-centric journey. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a big believer that people buy people, right, rather than <laughs> products. And from with big data, it's it's a contextual. You need someone who can help you navigate that. Yeah. Well, I, I've actually seen in, in some of our uh, foreign markets and some of the uh, international markets we've worked in uh, that you know there've been some fly-by-night companies that have come in. Uh, they've overpromised. They've underdelivered, and it's poisoned the well a little bit. I, I think some of our clients are a little gun shy because uh, they've been confronted with people who sold in all kinds of promises and then ultimately couldn't deliver it. Uh, our approach has been to, you know, really start small. Uh, let's let's create the proof of concept. Let's look at the data that's available. Let's uh, demonstrate value that we can get out of that, and from there build into the larger scale application. Now, some clients who are further down that path, of course, you know, we're happy to jump in at the deep end with them. Uh, but yeah. I, I think that you know when you talk about uh, you know buying into people, I think the people have to earn the trust. Uh, you know we have to demonstrate that we have those capabilities, that we have the uh, capacity, that we are you know easy to work with, and that we're going to uh, ensure that there there is value generated at the back end. Uh, well, in the interest of keeping this bite-sized, I mean I think we could probably talk about this all day. Uh, I think we'll leave it there. So thanks very much, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time on Cantor Bite Size Insights. Thanks for listening.